Panzercrush.com Another edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. We are your hosts, Jessica, and I am Chris Eaton. Lordy, 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 Jessica, the holidays are upon us. Can you believe the years? Yes, are still- it is. Yes, it is. Oof, we are recording this. The we are. Oh hell, it's about a week from week out from Thanksgiving. Wow, it's been so long. We're so yeah, first of December. So. The holiday season is high, as I say. You cannot. Uh, everyone was getting re- uh, jumping on the Christmas bandwagon before Thanksgiving, and I say nay to that. Chris has his golden rule of holidays: October, October first. You may start celebrating the spooky time with Halloween, and that runs all the way up until min uh, about 3 a.m. the next day. I'll I'll allow the, the the rollover. Then from there, then you prep for Thanksgiving. I don't want to hear any jingle bells. I don't want to see any Christmas trees or Christmas lights or any of that crap up until technically I'll give you when Santa Claus comes down the street at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Then, then you may you may enlist the uh, the Carol the Bells and all that other nonsense. But you got to eat your damn turkey first. You have to earn it. Everyone wants to skip over Thanksgiving these days, Jessica. I won't allow for this. I won't allow for this. There are, there are two types of people. There are people who set it like a schedule, like mm. the way you have it, mm-hmm. and others is like it's never too early for Christmas. No, it is too early for Christmas. Christmas starts day after Thanksgiving. You may have that. Originally, <laughs> it was originally it was December 1st. Then you start. You got 25 days. It was a, that's how it always was, the 25 days of Christmas, Jessica. Like ABC would run marathons. Rudolph would air like on the 12th. We would all sit around on a Tuesday night, drink cocoa, and watch a 45-year-old show. In a story, we know what was going to happen. And we liked it that way. Now, freaking CBS runs both Frosty and Rudolph before the freaking first. It's not, not even 12 hours removed from Thanksgiving, and they're already airing Frosty. I hate this. I hate it so much. I'm like, no, you're too early. It's too early. No, no, no. I got to have those. I'm a big stickler for my Christmas specials. I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Christmas. There's a way you do it. And that way you do it is you start it in December. That's when all your specials start, okay? So I miss freaking Rudolph and I miss freaking Frosty. And before you say, well, it's on DVD, it's uncut. That's not the point. The specialness of it is they air it only once a freaking year on TV. And you sit there and you enjoy it because you earn it. Now I gotta watch it on DVD like a schmuck, like everybody else. When I'm wrapping presents on the 23rd, so, bam. Besides that, Jessica, how are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I always look forward to the holidays. It's always a good time. It is always a good time. I do love the holidays. I like my. I love my trilogy months. I love October to to New Year's. Though it's some of my absolute favorite times of the year. I absolutely love just the the there it brings it look, a lot of people complain about like, oh god, I can't deal with it. And I'm like, yeah, no 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 no. You forget how it used to be special and then you just became disenfranchised with the world. If you just allow yourself just to kind of it's it's ninety days out of the whole freaking year. Just allow yourself to be wrapped up into it. Just enjoy it. I love the how I love decor I absolutely love decorating. I'm a big stickler for decorating on on Halloween, and I love going overboard on Christmas. Like, the day I finally have my own house, it's going to be like Chevy Chase's house from freaking Christmas Vacation, just that littered with, with Christmas junk. Same thing for Halloween. Same thing. Do all that all that good stuff. Like, I will... Half my garage will be taken up with decorations. They only see the light of day for about, you know, 20 days out of the whole year. But you know what? That's how I like it. So, but I do love, absolutely love this time of year. And then there's that lull in between Christmas and New Year's where, like, the whole world just kind of puts its legs up. And it's like, ah, eh, we don't care. We just don't care. 
Let's 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 just enjoy this one week of nothing before we get before we start the year over again, and then I'll try to get back into the gym, and then stop a week later when we realize we have lives. Oh my goodness, I'm the same way. I do everything. I mean. Halloween, I'm okay, but every single one, like Valentine's Day, New Year's, Fourth of July, mm. St. Patrick's Day, I am not Irish, but I am used to it since I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Thanksgiving, I do fall, and indefinitely Christmas. I tell my mom there's no such thing as too many Christmas trees in the house. <laughs> no, that's true. I will agree with that. You can you can have as you can have a lot, like. In reindeer and tiny reindeer, I have my my three most sacred things to have around the house. I have these three, or actually these four beanbag reindeer that Burger King gave away like in 1988 or 89. They are amongst my oh old, my goodness oh yes, they're amongst my oldest possessions. Two of them still have the tags, Jessica. Dude, that that was the that was the collector mentality my father put into me at a young age. My mom bought these things from Burger King. I remember opening them. I was like four years old. Yes, I still remember. I have faint memories from when I was four. There's a lot of them there, but they're not, you know, they're not many, but they're... Do you remember oh, getting these reindeer, and they would sit on top of our, uh, of our, um, uh, uh, wall unit every Christmas. There was four posts on it. Four of these reindeer would go up, and every year, some things don't make it out right now because I just don't have the room, but those reindeer go up every single year. I don't have a place to hang a stocking. Those reindeer find a place, though. I'll find a picture. I think they might be online somewhere. But yeah, I love these things. And like you said, you cannot have enough Christmas trees. There's just enough. You can. And each tree can be decorated differently with like a different theme. Mm -hmm. Have you been seeing uh, all the theme trees starting to go up? Uh, kind of. Kind of. I've noticed around my neighborhood there's a lot of trees mm -hmm. that are kind of coming up. Mine are, I'm doing mine this weekend. Um, I don't really have a theme. I just like a bunch of like tacky Christmas crap all over it. Um, my mom likes to keep it like nice and gold and white and do all that kind of nonsense. I'm just like, let's put this, uh, let's put this Darth Vader ornament somewhere. I think right here would be good. <coughs> I've already seen a lot of kaiju based Christmas trees go up though. So somebody, I think I've seen two or three posts where they've been putting a, uh, a, a modified King Ghidorah with like a little Santa hat on him as their topper. Oh, yes, 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 I saw that as well. I saw that. There's a lot of Harry Potter Christmas trees this year for some reason, but whatever floats your boat. Oh, well, Fantastic Beasts is out, so. This is true. Did you see it, by the way? I did, I did see it. The Thunderbird is majestic as all heck. Mm -hmm. what did, and so overall, what did you think? I know you're a Potter nerd. You know what? I really liked it. It was not what I thought the movie was going to be. Because from the trailer, I thought it was going to be one way. Mm -hmm. And then it was, like, completely different <laughs> than what I had thought. Mm -hmm. So, but it was still good. I liked it. It's like, that's how I was with that movie Flight. It's like, you sold me a bag of goods on one end, and this is not the movie that I thought it was going to be. But I did like that fantastic. I like that it's a Harry Potter for grown-ups, if you will. Yes, yes it is. Yes it is. Kind of like how some people say uh, Stardust is a fairy tale for grown-ups. Which, by the way, if you've not seen Stardust, first punch yourself. Punch yourself so hard that you will remember it. Then go watch it. It is a joy of a film. It was it was our it was our my introduction to Charlie Cox. Mm -hmm. Free Daredevil. Free Daredevil and directed by one Matthew Vaughn. Who gave us Kick-Ass and X-Men First Class. And Secret Service. Oh, yes. That is true. Mm -hmm. Went from being Guy Ritchie's producer to actually being a better director than Guy Ritchie. <laughs> you laugh because you know this uh, is true. That is true. That is true. Though, back to Fantastic Beasts, I did like it was essentially like Hagrid, if Hagrid wasn't nine foot tall and, you know, an effeminate British boy. But, I still liked it a lot, though. I did. I did, too. I mean, it, was, it still, to go back, it still wasn't what I thought it would be, but it mm -hmm. still, it was still good. I still liked it a lot. You know, I'll see more. Obviously, they were set, they're setting up something, uh, especially from, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but, which I'm like, oh, Oh, this is interesting. 
But uh, you know what? I liked it, and I liked the fact that we didn't have to sit there <coughs> and uh, deal with everybody learning a spell for the first time. Everyone was fully competent in this film. I like that. I know Harry Potter's about exploring and introducing that stuff. We know that stuff now. I like to see wizards kind of go at it and just do their own thing. So, And, uh, yes, there were many. I <clears throat> I like that uh, the, the uh, Echidna um, searches have gone up like triple-fold since that film, though. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it has. Because everyone wants an adorable little Echidna. They're, they're amazing little... Uh, uh, what are those things? They're related to, to platypuses. Whatever they are, they're 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 kind of adorable, but they're also uh, I don't know. Sega used one to make knuckles. I'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, I mean, people don't realize that um, it's 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 based off of a real animal. Mm-hmm. So, and they're mammals that lay eggs. Yes, much like the platypus. They're like anteaters yeah. before they are, or they're like, uh, not anteaters, they're, uh, what is it, uh, kind of like, well, actually, they're kind of like a porcupine and an anteater got it on, a little bit. With a little bit of a mole in there, too. Australia's a weird yeah, place. Yes, yeah. yes, they're, they're monotrin. <laughs> Thank you, that's the word. Yes, mammals that lay eggs instead of giving birth, mm-hmm. yeah. There's only, there's only five, I believe, five of those. Yeah. Platypuses, five five species, yeah. And like, what other weird freaks? They're all in Australia, too. Australia is the home of weird, weird animals. It, look, if we had never discovered it, I guarantee it would have been like the Savage Land from freaking X-Men. Like, that's what that place is. Like, if we just showed up there for the first time, like, and let nature take its course, like, those cassowaries would be like 15 foot tall, and like, you know, there would be like men that are like, like evolved super caveman like Kazar hunting them down with like advanced weaponry and everything would just be ca- like an organized chaos and primal and everyone's running around in a loincloth and there are lizard people that's how that's how I imagine Australia we never discovered it <laughs> but we did we got in the way and the kangaroos weren't allowed to evolve so but I bring up Fantastic Beast because as we were discussing last episode there was a tiny little trailer attached to it, which we, I'm hoping... Yes, it was. Yes, we will. I got to see Kong in all its glory. Skull Island. On a larger screen is what mm-hmm. I mean by all its glory. My theater did not show it. My theater... Oh, did it not? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. No. Well, I my local kind of like smaller independent theater, um, they like to cut things close, so they only air the trailers that are directly attached to the film. So it's usually one or two trailers, and then they go right into the movie. Because they usually start like five or ten minutes late, too. I, there's, they're, they're super competent in one end, but they're like incompetent on another end. But they make damn good popcorn, and I like going there. So, um, But yes, they did not have the Kong trailer on my Fantastic Beast. But I did watch it multiple times on my laptop, or not my laptop, on my computer. I took many a screenshot. And I'm pretty sure, I'm hoping, if you're listening to this episode, you're already like two and a half weeks out from this thing air, you know, debuting, that you have seen the trailer for Kong Skull Island. Because if you have not, shame on you. Yes, shame on you. Because this looks freaking awesome, does it not, Jessica? Yes, it does. And I think it was actually telling people that, you know, I never saw the appeal of Tom Hiddleston until this film. <laughs> oh, at least until this trailer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how the film's going to be, but yes. Well, you're a Chris Evans cap fangirl yourself, so you weren't in the Loki camp. I'm not. You know, I'm not really big into the villains. Mm-mm. So I'm more of a hero's person, but Loki, I think, speaks to a lot of people. So no, I'm not a, I'm not a Loki person, but I do, I do like Tom Hiddleston, though. Oh, I mean, in the Kong Skull Island, so mm-hmm. we'll see kind of how his character plays out. This is true. Well, let's let's break down the trailer because that's the fun thing about trailers. We can <coughs> we can break it down. We can do a little chit chat here and there because you weren't around when uh, the you were actually in Japan when we discussed the uh, the Comic Con trailer when Paul and I were talking about it. So this time we actually get to see Kong in action. Which first things first. He's standing upright, which 
it just I I squealed a little bit. I'm like, look, before anything else, I like Peter Jackson's King Kong movie. Did I feel it was a little long? Yes. It was a little... He turned, like, I think a 104-minute film from 1933 into a nearly three-hour spectacle. Most of the good parts are when Kong is on... When they're on Skull Island and they're running from dinosaurs that really don't exist, but they're still pretty damn cool. The only problem is that Kong is pretty much a gorilla. Now, yes, he's an ape, but much like our beloved Japanese kaiju... There was a certain anthropomorph... Anthropomorph... What am I trying to say, Jessica? Anthropomorphic? Thank you. Thank you. It was one of those words, like, a post-apocalyptic. I, I trip over that all the time. Um, yes. So, what, what Jessica said... Uh, to Kong. He stands upright. He has a lot of human characteristics to him. Especially when Toho did him. Like, he was... It, I mean, there, there. It's not what you would say, some people would argue is not the original Kong, but you know what, there's a lot of characteristics there. <coughs> Peter Jackson's Kong was more of like a, if a real life gorilla grew that long, like he he hopped around like, or even, he even had the silver uh, patch on the back. This Kong is more like, he, he looks like a Bigfoot more than anything else, but he's still like an ape. And he looks amazingly close to the original 33 Kong, which I also found charming in so many ways. I'm just like, ah, oh, that, that's, that's beautiful. They brought back that, they brought back that, that look that, Will, that I think it was, yeah, Willis O'Brien created for the original Kong. Like the, just the eyes, the teeth, everything there. It's there. It's, it's updated, but it's there. It's not, uh, it, it's, you know, it, there, there's a human quality to it. So, Right off the bat, very happy about that. Then we start. So, not do we get we get. He's more? ginormous, oh, by the way. Yes. I went. I went to go see uh, Fantastic Beasts with a friend, mm-hmm. and like halfway through, he goes, "Holy crap!" When mm-hmm. when you saw the red um, a handprint mm-hmm. on the thing, and he was like, "Oh my god, that is huge! That yes. was that was sized up." So that, yeah. Also, he's yeah, he's like three times the size of any of the other Kongs, so which is awesome already. Um, like there, there's there's already some really, really wonderful shots. Like that shot of him. Well, in the first in the Comic Con trailer, you get that shot of him wading in that river, and the r- river only goes up to like yeah, his yeah, neck. when he's walking. Yep. Yeah, yep. and then we get a better shot. Like it looks like. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a bit of a dry throat right now. Mm. When he's wait on like when he's kind of walking through uh, through that lake and Tom Hiddleston's you know it looks like the scene where you get to really kind of look at him for the first time and you know his arms are kind of swinging but he's upright and he's just got that look of like just like God life sucks around here but you know what it ain't, it ain't easy being king that's that's kind of the look um. <clears throat> we get a lot of the Apocalypse Now vibe that this movie's also thrown off, too. Oh, yeah. It's, de- it's definitely not in our... T- it's not in no. our current 2016. Well, which I which I think it, it's that's good, because you really couldn't get away with, I think, an island of mysterious giant creatures in this day and age of, um, of our uh, advanced technology. And it adds, you know, it adds a little something to it too. Like I like it, a nice timepiece here and there. So it's definitely the seventies. Um, we get uh, so we kind of get the base base of the story. They're surveying this island. They're dropping bombs on it to, um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, create pretty much mind, you know, shockwave for their um, seismic monitoring, uh, like little system put in there to map the island. To which you already can yeah. if you see people like we're yeah. gonna bomb the place and you know, uh, so there there's setting a part of the problem. So we get that awesome shot of Kong grabbing one of the helicopters midair and just jacking the hell out of it, just ripping it in half. Um, we get uh, we get a little more playoff of what I I'm what I'm guessing is John Goodman is one of the, either he is one of the founding members of Monarch or he's definitely part of the Monarch crew. 
uh, that that uh, Ken Watanabe's character from Godzilla is, is part of. So, right there's our that's our kind of connection to Godzilla already. Um, yeah, and I do like I do like the line that it's like you kind of don't go into someone's home mm-hmm. and then not expect it to be defended for. Exactly. Which so is weird. it's kind we- of an entitlement <laughs> issue. I don't know. When it comes to kaiju films, I or mo- creature monster mm-hmm. films, I always root for the monster. <laughs> A lot of people do. I mean, like that, that was I, the- I rarely root for the people. Mm-hmm. I feel real bad, but <laughs> I always like. Yes. Oh man. Well, let's let's bring that up. Okay, uh, real. So technical boo boo on my part if you're listening to this, and because I'm just, uh, my computer went on uh, standby and it cut off our recording. So we, Jessica and I, just talked for like three whole minutes. I didn't even realize that this wasn't recording. So my bad. Um, and if you're wondering, hey, you know, this isn't live. Why don't you just edit it? Um, I'm lazy and I'm on, I'm kind of under the gun at work right now. So in plus, you know what? We're human. We all make mistakes. So hopefully you can forgive that little cutoff right there. But, uh, we were talking about John C. Riley in this trailer and, uh, to kind of recap what I ranted on about the poor Jessica had to sit through. She's going to have to sit through again for a minute. Um, when he shows up, there's almost like a, um, this this trailer that has this grit and, and and kind of adventure feel to it. There's almost a record scratch when John C. Riley shows up here and he starts cracking jokes and you're like, wait, what? What is this? Now, as I was saying before we got cut off, was that yes, his popping up seems a little out of place. And again, I like John C. Riley a lot. Love Step Brothers, and the man can do. You know some good dramatic work. He can. He's he's versatile. Um, but the trailer did make it seem out like he was the funny duh duh guy in this film, which I do not believe is the case because on my second and third viewings, I started like paying attention to the actual cutting of the trailer, and it sounds like that they're taking they're taking snippets of dialogue and putting them into kind of sell that to get across that yes. He is the comedic relief of the film, but I don't think he—I don't think he's going to come off as jarring as he does in context to the whole trailer, especially the the tone that the trailer was already in, where it was like this kind of a little bit with, uh, with this adventure film with some grit to it. So hopefully that is not the case. I don't think it is, um, and you know you can go back. There's a lot of films that sell really awkward moments just because a, an editor didn't have a good eye about these things but he was probably mandated or he or she you know, well, was mandated to, to you know put in all this stuff because you gotta sell across the board now again if you're not gonna go see a movie about a giant ape possibly beating the crap out of a bunch of monsters then this movie is probably not for you and if that's true why are you even listening to us why aren't you off eating crumpets somewhere then <clears throat> Um, that being said, Jessica, there are other monsters in this movie besides Kong. Which yes, yes. I actually, I what I really, really liked in the Peter Jackson one was the giant centipede. Mm-hmm. When Anne, uh, she's in the, the hollowed trunk of yes. a tree. So we got to see giant spiders, which I'm absolutely excited. I wish there was more of them in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And also, apparently, I really like uh, Swampy. That giant water ox, which yes. I was seeing on on my on my Facebook feed, uh, somebody wrote that seems to be the creature that everyone has a problem with, mm-hmm. and I was like, you should not have a problem because in an island full of giant things, mm-hmm. there should be other giant things. Yes. So I expect to see a mushroom that's as tall as my house. My house. Yes. Thank you. You. So you get it. it. Should be everything should be scaled upwards yes. as well. Yeah, th- thank you, thank you, Jessica. You nailed it around right the head. This is a savage land, not touched by my by modern man. Like this is the, it is the proverbial land the time forgot where nature ran amok. Uh, yes, and so a it's not just full of giant insects and one big monkey, um, but yeah, there's a wide variety of flora and fauna. And I did like that. There's that 
like giant water ox that's you're just like, huh, okay, cool. There's other mammals running around too. And then apparently, what are the, I guess the big bads of the film, which are which the called, skulls, yeah, the skull, yeah, cra- yeah the skull crawlers, um, which kind of look like they're homages to. Um, if you watch the original Kong, and this is as people bring up, this is the only remnant of the original Spider Pit sequence, which is famously lost, which they did film. Uh, where's in the scene when Kong drops all all the sailors off the um, off the log, and they all fall into that pit? Uh, initially, there were, the sailors were attacked by various you know crawling animals in this pit. So. Um, the, our, our hero manages to survive and he's in this kind of like little cave, you know, hiding out from Kong and this lizard thing starts crawling up at, uh, at him. And <clears throat> if you pay attention, it's uh, this kind of like lizard that only has two legs and it crawls up and uh, pretty much it's the only thing, the only remnant that survived from that, that whole spider pit sequence. So what it looks like is the skull crawlers are maybe a little. Um, I'm going to take a guess, knowing how big of a fan that um, Thomas Toll has stated he is of King Kong, that these are maybe some sort of homage to those creatures, or at least that creature, which I do like. It it is nice because the you know it they're a wacky kind of almost fantastical design. They're pretty much like just walking, like crocodile heads with legs. I, I kind of dig it a lot. Um, they're and they all look like they're of various sizes too. My main hope, though, they're not the only thing that's out there that Kong can fight. If it's we're on Skull Island, I want all kinds of other crazy creatures that Kong is constantly going to have to beat the crap out of. And I'm hoping against hope, because we see a Triceratops skull, that there's some other dinosaurian creature on that island with them too. Like, I want, like, a big T-Rex somewhere. I'm hoping. But, a man can dream. But I got a feeling the skull crawlers are pretty much it. Um, where was I going with this? Yes, uh, monsters. So, which means, which means, Jessica, if you realize this, because Kong Skyline takes place in the same universe as Godzilla, we have had all this vast, these vast monsters now that take place in this universe. Like, Legendary is setting up a beautiful thing for us. Yes, it is. And I like the fact that everything is scaled up larger because our Legendary Godzilla was huge. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that they even said this Kong isn't... Like, he's still young, too. Like, when we see the skull, we see the boneyard, like, there's other... Apparently there was more of his kind. And, yeah, they're a lot bigger, too. Um, like... Uh, apparently Kong is going to get much bigger. So when he and Godzilla do eventually fight in CB1789, less than three years, a little over three years from now, from now excuse, excuse me. Yes, he will be much bigger to uh, take on Godzilla. But in the interim, we get a fun, fantastic adventure with Brie Larson, by the way, who I adore. I love Brie Larson. Yep, yep, you got two Marvel people, or you got three, you got, or more Marvel people in it. You got Nick Fury. Because you've got Samuel L. Jackson. You have Nick Fury, who's being very Samuel L. Jackson-y in this film. Uh, you have, uh, you got Captain Marvel now, and you got Loki. Oh, and, and, uh, John C. Riley was in Guardians of the Galaxy, let's not forget that. That's true, that's true. So, I mean, it's pretty much going to come down to a point where every major Hollywood celebrity has been in either a Marvel or DC film, and it's all going to go back and equate to something. So, I mean, as I brought up, uh, uh, what is it, uh, The Accountant, that Ben Affleck movie, was pretty much yeah. like it was Batman taking on the Punisher. That's a sense <laughs> what it yeah. boiled down to. Which was a good movie, by the way. I liked The Accountant a lot. It was a fun film. Um, but back to Skull Island. This... Th- Overall, it looks great. Like, this is the kind of Kong film I've been hoping for. It doesn't look like there's any... There, my, all I've ever asked is if any Kong, any new Kong adventure, just can we leave the original well enough alone? It's been remade twice already. And that's what it looks like Legendary's done. They're like, yes, we don't need the whole Beauty and the Beast storyline anymore. We're going to give you Kong. And even my other hope is they don't leave the damn island. 
Like, they stay on the island for 90% of the film. Obviously, the people have to get off the island at some point. But, like, we Kong and the monsters don't leave the island and go somewhere else. Like, they stay there the whole film. And that's how, you know, that's how things go down. So, I'm I'm hoping that's 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 the story. And I'm hoping, if we're building a universe here, that there are... There is a, f there is at least one or two little Easter egg, or at least subtle hints to Godzilla in there somewhere too. Like I, I'm hoping, and this is just out outward thinking. Uh, if Legendary is doing what, what what they're trying to do with building a universe, that uh, a we get like a little we get a tag at the end because now that's mandatory, or at least b <coughs> give us some reference to like, you know, especially that scene in the trailer where. Um, where John Goodman's talking about, you know, needing proof that monsters exist, like, harken back, like, at least have him tell the 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 USS Indianapolis story, but his version is he was one of those boats out there when they were bombing the crap out of Godzilla in 1954. Like, I want that. Like, give me something like that. I'm, I, I know Legendary's not dumb enough, especially if they're tying Kong in to Godzilla, that they're... They're going to do something. It's just a matter of what will they do. And will it be super subtle, or will it be a little more in your face about it, just to remind you, there's much more of this. Yeah, I really look forward to it. I really do. Like, watching this trailer makes me so much more excited for Kong versus Godzilla. It does. It really does. Like, I, like, I didn't think it was ever going to happen, and Legendary moved heaven and earth, and they made it happen. And now that the Chinese pretty much own them, and they like they love spectacle, oh, this movie could bomb, and we're still gonna get Kong and Godzilla, you know, it, it, even quicker. So, um, it just—it's a fantastic future we live in, Jessica. It's amazing this world that we live in. We have, we have like a new Kong film. We ha and it's going to tie into a Godzilla movie. Just bask in that. Just, just suck it in. Suck it in. So good, it's so good, and it comes out in March. It's only like three and a half months away. Yes, I know it's coming so much sooner. I'm really excited for that. It's look, March is going to be kick ass too. I can't wait. Beginning the first first week, we get Logan, which looks amazing. Like I can't believe how good freaking how awesome Logan looks. Can't wait for that. Then week after that, we get the we get Kong. Week after that, we get the Power Ranger movie, which I'm looking forward to. Good or bad, I'm looking forward to that. And then at the end, we get we're getting that Ghost in the Shell movie, which I'm very curious about. So, yeah. So March is gonna be a good month just to go to the movies. It's gonna be a great month, and it's it's soon. It's sooner than later. This isn't like hey, we gotta wait till the you know August of of next year. No, 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 no. We we get it. It's so much sooner. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Ah, uh, <coughs> as I'm rambling on, I have excuse me. So we got that. Uh, meanwhile, way down in Sydney, production's begun on on. It's it's happening. It, it's officially happening. Pacific Rim Two has started filming. John Boyega sent the first pictures himself. So they're out there and they're getting it done. So remember February. February 23rd, 2018. It'll be here before you know it. More Kaijus and more Jaegers. So, got that to look forward to. Also, thanks for Legendary. I, did we talk about that they're setting up a writer's room for Kong and Godzilla last time, Jessica? I couldn't. I can't remember. I don't believe we are. So, that was another big... Uh, that was another tidbit that came out after this Kong trailer. That Thomas Toll announced that in a few weeks they're going to be setting up a writer's room. Now, for those who aren't in the know, Jessica, could you explain to the good people what a writer's room is? Uh, well, in the forms of television, it's kind of where people come together for ideas and to kind of plan out and plot on what they would like to do. Mm -hmm. Now, for movies, what does that entail? Um, I think, from, from what I understand, <laughs> mm -hmm. it would be kind of, how would I explain it? Setting up kind of how the future would be, or yeah. how the how they would set up future universes. Yes, because there was a Transformers writers' room that mm -hmm. leads Paramount's Hasbro, mm -hmm. and that kind of sets a GI Joe and Micronauts future. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm assuming it would be something that is pretty much the same. Yes. That's kind of, well, that we live in the franchise world now where yes. we, we are, we're treating movies like episodic TV. So yes. you have yes. to take, they're taking the writer's mentality. Mostly because, well, look, Marvel pretty much put this in, showed how it could be done. And now <laughs> if you're doing your universe building, this is how you do it. So uh, the fact that there is going to be, there, there is a, there's going to be a writer's room for Godzilla and King Kong. Bah! My, like, Come on. Come on. We live in too good of a world. There is there is some goodness, yes, to this world. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps because with the writer's room, you can plan for continuity. Yes. And that was kind of the purpose of it. You know, that's why you have staff writing rooms for TV, as mm-hmm. you should have them for movies. Well, that also means that we're going to, at post-Kong Godzilla, we're going to get more Kong adventures, too. Which... Has always been something I've always been I've always dreamed about. Like I know we like years ago Willis O'Brien when he was like hitting harder times was trying to do more Kong films because hey that was what's gonna sell. He tried to do King Kong versus Prometheus, which was like his Kong versus Frankenstein, which eventually paved the way for Kong versus Godzilla. But there's always been that part of like Kong has been around enough in that he because. Toho made Kong and Godzilla and King Kong Escapes, which all have eventually tied all into the the the, the showiverse, the show, the Toho universe that that they had going on. Kong is kind of like the the weird, you know, the the weird cousin of all this stuff. Like he's 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 been um, it, it was like a like like the like the Japanese mob. They allowed the one white guy to come in because he was the John Wick and he was just too good at his job, but they couldn't ignore him. Um. So, like, there's always been potential for more Kong adventures. It's just we never, never got him. Like, they never realized him. They were always like these weird one-off things. It's kind of like King Kong Escapes always stands out to me the, the most because I always felt that's what like a solo Kong adventure, if we ever did a series of Kong films, could be like. I mean, like, King Kong Escapes is a wacky film. It's a good film. But it's a wacky film. He, I mean, we, we, we get Goro Source, but he's fighting a robot version of himself. And this is like 10 years before Mechagodzilla 2, so... <clears throat> man, I, I've always been curious what, like, in a, like uh, if RKO had kept making them, they kept going down the lines, like, we're going to do more Kong, like, where would this have gone? Like, would have gone down like this weird Edgar Rice Burroughs, like, pulpy adventure where each movie Kong's fighting, like, a different monster, and, like, they introduce mole people and stuff like that, like... I don't know, it's, it's fascinating. And the fact that Legendary's exploring those options, like, we're going to do more Kong, you know, misadventures, like, we can see Kong go to space, or Kong something else, like, he could fight aliens. Like, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in for this a fantastic world that they're setting up, so... Did, I, I, if anything, if the, if the best thing comes out of this, the purchase of Legendary from, from uh, the Chinese company, that we get a dozen more kaiju films out of them. It will be Pacific Rim or King Kong or Godzilla. Then you know what? it's all it was all worth it. It's all worth it. <clears throat> so um a few other tidbits because we gotta we kinda gotta button this show up a little bit. Uh <clears throat> Rampage is coming much sooner than later. Uh Dwayne Johnson and um San Andreas director I had it right here in front of me. Um well, the guy that did San Andreas, <laughs> they're teaming up again to do uh, um, Rampage, which we brought this up about a few months ago. So, um, if, for those who don't know or are too young for it, Rampage was the King Kong versus Godzilla ripoff game that uh, came out in the late 80s. You essentially played a giant lizard named Lizzie, a giant ape named George, and depending which version you had, uh, Wolfman, which whose name escapes me at the moment, and pretty much you just went around and you destroyed buildings and ate people. So, it, the the title pretty much it, you know explains itself. Fun game. They're gonna make a movie out of it, and The Rock is gonna be in it. I have no idea what it's gonna be about because there wasn't much to the story other than what the '64 version did. <coughs> but is anything like like um. Freaking uh, San Andreas, it's gonna be a wacky fun time, and that just means more 
kaiju action. It's probably going to be a comedy. Probably. But, hey, more the better. And, you know, the more rock we get, the better. I figured it's about time, because there's no way that a guy larger than life would not be a f- be would not finally be in a film where there's large monsters. This is true. I'm I'm shocked as as well as you that it took this long to get you know a man who's essentially a a a, a, a freaking titan that walks amongst us to uh, to be in a film about you know said titans. So he's the Rock. He is the most charismatic charismatic son of a bitch walking around today. You cannot hate this guy. Like he was so good as a wrestler that you he made you hate him and then he made you love him. Like, he had you eating out of his palm. And so, the fact that he's as big as he is today is no surprise. But you know what? Just how good and how proficient he or prolific he is at it, that's what's surprising. Like, he could have easily been Hulk Hogan and been doing, you know, Mr. Nanny or Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. You know, playing third fiddle to Ernest, which pretty much, let's be honest, anybody that's in a uh, Jim Varney movie is always playing third fiddle to him. Um, but no, he's he's taken the world by storm, and uh, he's made the Fast and Furious movies that much better by being in them too. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's pretty much next. So after he's done with um, uh, whatever the ninth hundredth film that he's working on right now, uh, we're gonna get Rampage. I believe that's gonna be. They said they're gonna start filming next early next year. So, hey, that. Good times. More more kaijus. More kaijus. I mean, we get a, a we get an animated Godzilla movie sometime next year, which recording's done for it. The voice, all the voice acting's done. It's just a matter of um, animating it now, which they <laughs> which they said, which I'm just like, you're just not animating it. Like, uh, you gonna make that 2017 release date, or is it gonna be pushed back? We shall see, though, Jessica. Uh, but, side note, some of you who are listening to this um, might have noticed that there's a bootleg of Shin Godzilla out there right now. I've never been one to say no to watching a bootleg, but according to a lot of people I've talked to, it's missing like 20 minutes. So, unless you want to see it unfiltered, I wouldn't recommend downloading it. Uh, that's just me, though. If you want to, I'm not telling you what to do, it's your own computer. We do it as you as you wish. So, but uh, if you want to, if you want to be, you want to go in untainted. Just wait till, uh, just wait till good old Funimation releases that DVD. Hopefully, hopefully soon. And unlike their Attack on Titan DVD, which just now came out, waited a whole damn year. I don't get it, but hey, whatever. It's how the business rolls. Um. Oh, real real quick. Got a new Ultraman movie coming out next year, Jessica. Actually, March, right around the time of Kong. <coughs> it's Ultraman Orb, which uh, I've been digging. I'm not caught up yet. Have you been watching it at all? I have been, and I've really, really enjoyed it. But I'm trying to save a couple of things to kind of marathon through when I'm on a transcontinental flight. Mm, yes, uh, Jessica's going on an adventure again. <laughs> As she does, she globe trods. So, um, so yeah, ho- ho- catch up. Did you see the episode though where uh, he uh, combined the Belila card and I think it was Zafi and it became like that Dark Ultraman like combination? I did. I did. There was something super badass about that. It's just there was something delightfully wonderful about it too. I, I've dug the hell like I've dug the hell of the last oh, X and Orb. I, I've been really liking them. I'm I'm going to try to marathon this weekend and finish it up. Uh, I think they're about done on Crunchyroll right now. Um, if you have Amazon Prime in Japan, they're doing a spin-off show called Ultraman Saga Origins. They revealed the look for him there, and he actually looks like a normal Ultraman. It's just the red and silver motif. Um, explains uh, the origins of uh, I think. It's Gin and Juggler, the two main protag- the main antagonists, protagonists of the shows. Um, that airs early next year, I think so. I don't. I, I thought I had the stuff in front of me, but it doesn't say the exact date. That just says Amazon Prime. In parentheses, Japan. So we don't get it. 
So, uh, unfortunately for us, we're SOL unless uh, Crunchyroll brings it over here. And uh, the movie comes out March, like, 18th or something like that. So, there was an X movie. I still haven't watched the X movie. I've heard good things. I liked X. I'll watch the War movie if I ever get a chance to. So, well, <clears throat> Ultraman's one of those things that I know, I but I don't know. Like, there's a lot of shows I still haven't watched. I just barely finished Leo. And to me, Ultraman Great is always going to be... Like, much like The Doctor. Jessica says, everyone has their doctor. You know, for a lot of people, that's Tennant. For some people, it's Smith. Other people, it's... Um, Who's the fourth doctor, Jessica? Okay, so who was the fourth doctor again, Jessica? Uh, Tom Baker, the one with the scarf. Is that yes. the one that you were thinking about? Yes. To to many people, that is that is their doctor. Much like how, is to that analogy, Ultraman towards the future is my Ultraman. He will always be my Ultraman. Even though some people are kind of like, eh, like, no, 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 that's my Ultraman. That's the one I grew up with. <coughs> no, there are many other ones, and I love Seven. Seven's my, you know, the runner-up, but, uh, I don't know, something about that spandexy one will always will always have a special place in my heart. That's, that's that's the beauty about Ultraman right there. It can be all kinds of, uh, there's, there's so many to choose from. And the way Super Eye is producing them, there will always be so many to choose from. Um... Which, real quick, just a kind of like a weird thing to, to kind of retouch upon. Um, so, I was perusing YouTube about a week ago, and I stumbled across actual footage from that Chayo event I was at. From Hollywood, from last year, when they were announcing uh, their Ultraman DVD release, and all of the weird gaudy merchandise that they had. I'll put it in the show notes. You have to see it to believe it. The, it, in, it was filmed on such low-quality cameras that the footage is real, real crappy. First, apparently, for something they only filmed like a year ago. Like you could have gotten better footage off your cell phone camera. But you have to see it to believe it. It's like 43 minutes long. Nowhere near as long as the whole ceremony was. The whole thing was like three and a half hours, but they condensed it down to the, as I say in quotations, best parts. Um, but yeah, it's a weird freak show. I'll put it in the show. You have to see it. Um, I don't think you can see me anywhere in there because I was off to the side, but uh, yeah, if you really want like a nice walkthrough with it, go back and listen to episode 30 of this show where I kind of broke down, because I, I recorded all the audio from the show. Uh, you can use that as kind of like a, a timeline to kind of understand what the hell is going on. So, uh, yes, on that note, there's one last thing I wanted to talk about. It's kind of in the verse, but Jessica, are you reading the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series from Boom Studios? I am one one book, one exception of today, mm -hmm. I am one issue behind. So you're on issue seven then. Yes. So the power. Yes. So in the in the in the comics, which, uh, it you being the comic guru, who writes it? Uh, who writes the uh, who writes the series, Jessica? All right. Just to kind of refresh the people, who writes the series again? Uh, is it, it's Kyle Higgins yes. from uh, DC's Nightwing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, most people knew him from, from Nightwing and obviously from other books as well. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yes, it's Kyle Higgins. Kyle Higgins. And the art is, the art is fantastic in this, in this, uh, book too. Like. It is. It is. And I didn't know if you were doing spoilers because if you are a fan of Power Rangers and your friends are too, do mm -hmm. not go on your Facebook news feed. No, because so, images are popping up everywhere. So obviously, you saw you saw what what popped up today, then, right? Yes, I did. It was, you know what though? To me, it was very reminiscent of Bat God. Yeah, a little bit. When There's... he's just, uh, yeah, just on the chair, right? Yes, but having I like I I lied to get out of work early so I could run to my comic book store to pick this up because they had, they had to see my pull list. Like, look. I've trimmed down a lot of comic book reading in the last year or two. Like, I even, I, I'm a little ashamed to admit this, but I actually shaved off All-Star Batman. 
Like, I love Snyder's run, but, like, I had to, like, make a couple of Sophie's choices on the titles I'm picking up right now. I chose Power Rangers over Batman. Now, Jessica might want to stab me in the ear right now for that, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I make that bold proclamation. I feel I made the proper choice. Um, so, yes, of, of these books, of the books, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading IDW's Godzilla stuff. I'm reading The Spread by Justin Jordan. Um, what else I got in there? I got uh, Spread, that... Uh, ch- ch- oh, Jam in the Holograms, another another deeply underappreciated book that's a freak load of fun. Love that book. Uh, there's, oh, God, one other one that I'm missing at the moment. And, and The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Quietly! Quietly one of the best books out there right now. If you're not reading this series, and if you are a fan, <coughs> excuse me, if you're anywhere remotely a fan of any of the any of the the stuff we talk about on this show, you must be reading this series. Even even if you have a passing interest in the Power Rangers, Kyle Higgins has been like they lobbed him the ball. Not only did he swing and hit it so hard it went out the park, but it's over the freeway and going into the river right now. That is how awesome this this book is. The first five issues kind of set up the uh, the story. They pick up like right after Tommy joined the team. He's still the Green Ranger. It looks like they're keeping kind of in continuity of the show, but it looks like they're kind of starting to veer off from... Um, what they were, what what the show had set up, and uh, they they did a few books where they're really questioning, where Tommy's questioning his you know his loyalties and stuff like that. There's one issue where they explain that Rita originally intended Zach to be the Green Ranger, which was pretty cool. But where they where the arc they're in right now, it's called the Black. I think it's called the Black Dragon arc. Where this, yes, it is. Yeah, oh, this awesome looking mech monster shows up hands the rangers their asses on a silver platter. Like, they... Scorpina destroys the command center, Zordon's, like, gone, Alpha's missing, and then they kidnap Billy, like, the one tech guy that knows how everything operates. So they're kind of left, you know, to their own devices. Then this Black Dragon thing separates the uh, rangers from their powers. The only one that has his powers is Tommy. So... They try to assault. Uh, they 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 try to assault him. They can't. Like he's too powerful. He's working for Rita. Like he's an outside source, and Rita's very close to conquering the uh, the Earth by using the uh, the Ranger Zords against them. So this issue shows the Rangers found a loophole to get into to get their powers back, which was, I swear to God, one of my fan a lot of fan drawing I did as a kid because I. I was a massive Power Ranger fan. I worshipped the Green Ranger. He was the baddest amongst badasses. I had hero worship, like, horrible for this dude. Not only, not only did, do I love, did, did he, was he, like, this badass, like, karate dude that came in and just whomped on everybody. He had the coolest looking costume, and he had a Godzilla-esque Zord. Like, the Dragon Zord, like... It's pretty much Godzilla if Godzilla was a freaking robot. Not Mechagodzilla withstanding. So, yes. So, absolutely nuts for this. And plus, Jason David Frank had a certain charisma to him that made that work for him. Um, so, the so the Rangers all get the Green Rangers' power. So, they have their suits, but they're all green. And Jason gets a version of the Red Ranger outfit, but with all the Green Ranger armor. It's awesome, and the art the art is so badass in this. So they set up this big thing where Tommy still has control of the Green Ranger. He doesn't have his powers because they're being used for the other Rangers. He's commanding the Dragon Zord. They're fighting. Billy is trapped in this dimension with, with Goldar. Ah, I'm sitting there like a four-year-old reading this book, and I'm just, like, smiling from, from ear to ear and giddy as hell over reading this. Like, there's... it. Look, as much as I've said how the Voltron series on Netflix was the Voltron series I always wanted, like, you know, in the last few years where it's like, you can you can make it work without having to be too kiddy, but you can make it grow with the fans. That's what Kyle Higgins has done with this Power Ranger series. Like, it's fairly straightforward, and as ridiculous as the American Power Rangers 
was, still is a little bit. Like he takes the like he writes it very straightforward where it's all there's there's a weight to everything, especially with giant monsters <coughs> and dinosaur shaped robots. The uh, I'm spoilers right now, but you need to pick up this book. Something happens and the Rangers end up on a or at least Tommy and Billy end up on an alternate dimension or an alternate earth. And they reveal that there's another there's an evil white ranger who has the most badass looking outfit it's the combination of the green and white ranger's outfit and they said they very clearly state it's it's a it's another version of Tommy and they're in a world where Rita and Tommy conquered uh, conquered earth oh i just i i if i could physically do a backflip in my honda fit that's that's essentially what i did this book is so awesome. Everybody needs to be reading it. It's so damn good. Like I can't. I am shocked to say that Power. There's a Power Rangers comic out there, and it is easily one of the best books being written right now. I will put it above anything, any garbage that Marvel is putting out right now, and half the stuff that DC is moderately putting out. Because I, right now, I'm, I'm going to say DC's doing a better job of Marvel than at, at putting out books than than anybody else. So. But we're living in the age of the indie comics, and I think Image, Boom, and IDW are mopping the floor quality-wise with anything the two big companies are doing. And that's the end of my long rant on that. Are you still there, Jessica? Did I scare you off? I am. I was actually telling friends that if, you know, some people are no longer into Marvel and DC, Mm. a lot of the other publishers are really... Coming, stepping up their game and coming out with amazing things. So IDW, I think, is a huge one. Boom is another. Mm-hmm. And that I do believe that there are comics out there for everyone mm-hmm. if you are not feeling DC and Marvel at the moment. You, I, look, IDW, like, there was a time when you, you put out a licensed book and it was garbage. Marvel, in the, back in the day, for the... For, I would say easily like 90% of their licensed stuff. The only things that really held up that people cared about, even to this day, or maybe their Star Wars run, and I think Conan, and uh, the um, their Transformer books too, back in the day. Um, there's, but there was, there's so, there was so much other stuff that was just absolute dreck. And mostly because they were just assignments. They were thrown to people back then. Now, IDW has shown everyone how you do it right. Like, they've gone above and beyond with their licenses. And they've made they've made you care about characters again that, that like, would have been thrown to the wayside already. They're putting out, like, pretty much they're the official comic company of Hasbro. They're making a, a freaking gem comic, which I bought out of morbid curiosity. And I found myself unable to put this book down after three issues. I'm just like, I need to see where these girls go. I need more dazzle in my life, damn it. <laughs> <coughs> like, I, it, I, it forced me to go track down everything else that Kelly Thompson has been putting out. So I've been reading all of her books. I absolutely, I adore the crap out of Gem and the Holograms. I tell people all the time, you need to be reading this book. They're like, it's Gem and the Holograms. I'm like, I know. That's why it, that's, that's what makes it even that much better. Like, you would expect just garbage from any other company, but IDW has made Jim and the Holograms so awesome. And Jim is not bitchy in this either, which I love, because she was kind of a bitch in the, in the freaking cartoons. That being said, yes, please, I mean, look, supporting them supports more Godzilla books. And if, hopefully you're out there buying the damn Godzilla books, because if you're not, we're not going to get it anymore, and then when they're gone, you're going to be sorry. So, they're, they're, they're doing the Lord's work. Go out there and freaking buy them. Buy two. Buy the trades. Just make sure you're buying them. Um, that being said, yes. Image, Dark Horse, like all, all of these companies I buy more of than any, than any Marvel or DC property. The Oh, the only D, the only DC book I am currently buying right now is that Scooby Apocalypse book, which is a certain delightful amount of madness. I would recommend it for everybody. But 
I digress. Go pick up Boom Studios Power Ranger books. The first trade's already out. Go buy this. It is everything. If you love this stuff, it, you would, you will, I get, I will, I will give you a Coke if you don't like this book. There's, you go, you come up to me, you see me at a show, or anything like that, like, hey, you recommend this Power Rangers book? Oh, that was garbage. First off, I would, I will debate you on it, but if you can prove to me that it is legitimately not, I will buy you a Coke. I make that promise. But you have to find me in public. You can't just write me. <coughs> All right. I've gotten super long-winded. Once again, I've drowned up poor Jessica. I feel so bad. Ah, so on that note, um, this is pretty much going to be our last recorded episode of the year. We have one more coming up after that. And Jessica's going on a magical adventure in the next few days, so she's going to be gone for the rest of the month. We have one more episode coming out. It's from G-Fest. Um, uh, who was the, Jessica, who was the gentleman we interviewed at G-Fest? Oh, uh, the lovely guy, Matt? Yes. Yes, Matt Denian? Yes. Or Matthew yes. Denian? He writes a wonderful and a, and a bunch of kaiju novels. Mm -hmm. So we sat down with him at G-Fest. Um, I have that episode. Uh, that will be technically the last episode of the year. Um, on that note, as I said, just because going on a magical venture, I have some other projects I'm working on. We will be after that. We will be back at the first of the year with many, much, with much more to to talk about. There, we have a fantastic year coming up. So, um, I pretty much just going to wrap up this episode uh, with just pretty much that. That's uh, you'll hear from us again in January, and uh, we hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. And uh, yeah, the very best. Any 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 wor last words, Jessica? before we take off? You know what, though? If something truly amazing comes out in terms of news mm -hmm. or the fact that I do... The places I'm going is I'm actually going to go to England. Uh, I hope okay. to make it yeah. up to Scotland because mm -hmm. I do want to go to the Loch Ness. Hopefully you see something. So, and see how that goes. That mm -hmm. might be a podcast in itself <laughs> if I make it up there. It is quite cold. So well, we, back... will, we will see if weather permitting. Look, we did Jessica's summer vacation. When you come back, we'll do Jessica's winter vacation. <clears throat> yes, yes, we will. We will definitely. We will see how it goes. But it'd be a great way to open up the new year. It will. It definitely will be. I'm pretty, I guarantee there'll be a bunch of stuff out there we'll talk about. So we'll definitely be back uh, probably about mid-January. But until then, just wanted to say thank you, everybody, for listening. This was a, this was a banner year for us. Got to go to, we went to G-Fest, uh, hit up San Diego again, uh, talked to some great people. It's just, it's a really good year. We, our listenership's gone up. We thank you for, for, if you found us, by whatever means, thank you for sticking around. Uh, and if you're new to it, thanks for giving us a try. Hopefully we keep, you know, we keep you on. <coughs> Pretty much, you know, from what I've what I've heard, it's just everybody just they've kind of stumbled across us, and uh, those you know who let us know, let us know that hey, we we dig what what you guys do. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you so so much. We are extremely thankful that you guys listen to us, and I've seen people spread the word and tag us, and I want to say thank you. Very much. So. We we don't have we don't we wouldn't be bothered we wouldn't keep doing this if uh, if you guys didn't let us know. So it, it's almost like a weird insecurity at that point. <laughs> at this point, it's like, are people listening to us? Yes, we are. Keep doing them. I'm like, okay, okay, we'll keep going. Like if you just keep yelling at us, we'll 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 do this till till we're like in our 90s. Cause there all will always be something to talk about. So uh, and that's always uh, our you know he's not here right now, but uh, our our third member of the band, Mark. I, I know he sends his best wishes if he's listening right now. I'm just I'm kind of putting words in your mouth. Hopefully you don't mind. But uh, he would have uh, some very similar things to say right now too. So uh, <clears throat> 20 2017. It's got I got a feeling it's gonna be a great year. So especially for uh, for our neck of the woods and fandom. So on that note, that will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. Uh, you know, you, if you're listening to us, 
Twitter, Facebook. What are they, Jessica? Yes, you can find us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. That's where a lot of people have been lovingly kind of telling others about us. We are also on Facebook under the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris does a wonderful job putting up all kinds of <laughs> updates with great captions that go along with it. Mm -hmm. And we are also on Twitter as the Kaiju Kingdom. There's no podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's also our Gmail as well, which is the Kaiju Kingdom podcast at gmail.com. Oh, and real quick, I almost forgot. We have a few winners of the Shin Godzilla posters. Your posters will be out in the next few weeks. If you just kind of hang tight. But things are a little busy this time of year for, for both of us. So I will have those out as soon as possible. So on that note, thanks again for everybody. That will do it for this edition of the Kaiju Kingdom podcast for myself and... Jessica! Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.